It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. The millennial man is Jared Patel of Valley Sports Detroit. Comments and questions can be sent by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Follow Three Point Podcast on social media at threepointpod. The fellows will get in rolling right after this from our partners. Boogity, 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 let's go racing. The Owasso Speedway has been building families and communities through the promotion of short track racing since 1939. That's almost as long as you've been alive, Ted. Saturdays are race days at the Big O with gates opening at 4. Qualifying begins at 5 with the green flag waved and racing at 7. The Owasso Speedway's 3 8 of a mile oval high banked layout is super fast, providing thrills and action galore. Easy to get to on M21 between Owasso and Ovid. Stay up to date on upcoming features by following the Owasso Speedway on Facebook at Owasso Speedway MI. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hi again, everybody, from the Three Point Podcast Olympic Committee. It's time for episode 177. I'm Ted Fatel of Z92.5 in Sportsnet, Michigan, with ESPN's Matt Burns on the phone from North Carolina and Jared Fatel of Bally Sports Detroit. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association of Michigan, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, JJ's Excavating and Tree Services, Kendall Drugs, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, the Owasso Speedway, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. Well, fellas, every week we get caught up on uh, what is going on maybe in the last week and what we got coming up in the near future. And, Jared, I, I'm going to start with you. It's like Christmas in the Jared Fattel household, it's, isn't it? It's funny how you always say that. It's <laughs> like you try to make me feel bad about being excited about a family trip. I'm not making you feel bad. Oh, I'm sorry Christmas. if I'm making what am you I, feel bad. Five years old? Well, you're all excited, well, right? Here's you're what pumped is, up. Here's what, and let me just explain what this is every year, every year to the listeners. So our family goes on a family reunion every year. Uh, it's a camping trip. You know, three days, you get there Thursday, you leave Sunday. For some reason, my entire life, you've always gotten there on Friday. When everyone else is there Thursday, <laughs> and and then it comes out this year, oh, you're getting there Friday, and then you're staying a day after everybody else's leaves. <laughs> so basically what, what I garner from that is that you just do not want to be around the family. <laughs> no, that's not it at all. And let me reset uh, your memory a little bit. I don't know if you remember. Uh, when my mom was still alive and my dad was going, it was always a big event. But, uh, you know, their uh, their driving abilities were taken away, and I was the chauffeur. So I kind of had to run my schedule around there. So they only wanted to go Friday and Saturday. That is what I did. Now, could I have gone up Thursday? Sure, I could have. But I'm perfectly content with all my family time that I'm going to gather 
uh, Friday, Saturday, and then, like you said, I am staying Sunday night when it's a little bit more mellow. And this year, my schedule is dictated by the granddaughters. Two of them are coming up with uh, Jessica and Tom. And, you know, being the grandpa, and Matt, I'm sure you can relate a little bit to this with your parents, when they're around and you're with Claire and in the future with your son, uh, a lot of their time is going to be probably helping out with you, right? Helping give attention oh, yeah. to the kids, and that's what it's all about when you're a grandparent. Yeah, I mean, almost in a sense, like like free babysitters. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta work around everyone's schedule. I mean, you guys have a huge family, and I do too on both my mom and my dad's side. So it does get to a point where you get. I mean, you're talking about you're having to work around your parents' schedules, and you got other family coming in. So sometimes it is kind of hard to coordinate. Let's all get here at the same time because. There's jobs and school and other stuff involved, so it is kind of crazy sometimes. Yeah, and I and let's 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 put it how it really is here. Yeah, our Fatel family, we all get along tremendous. We we enjoy each other's company. It's nice to get together. But Jared, I mean, it's really a Jared and John Fatel family gathering that you're all getting excited about because you got your girlfriends going. Okay. Johnny's going with but his girlfriend. Not, okay, but here's you're the going thing. to Mackinac Island. You got all these events planned. The Mackinac Island trip is is an open invite to anyone who wants to attend. Right. So, so people that how, want to attend probably and will here's attend. you make it sound like this is like the first. It's kind of like a rite of passage where when you have a girlfriend and you're somewhat serious, basically they come to Onaway. That's not, not like that's not like it's just my family that's done. No, that. I'm not knocking that, but I'm saying it seems to me this year the itinerary. Even your dad, he put out this long so I don't itinerary. Know, that's just you got to understand the type of guy he is. He's always gonna do that. <laughs> like I said, I'm not knocking him. I'm just saying. I'm I mean, it was I a little bit. It. it was a little bit overboard with the Google Doc. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll be the first one to admit it. Uh, but do I appreciate it? Did I go through the work to make that doc? No. But it also it it it, it gave a lot of people the opportunity. Like you said, it, you're basically acting like this Mackinac trip is uh, closed off. No, it's uh, I, open invite. We're I, just letting you know this is what the plan. I was. never said it was closed off. I but, didn't say that. All right. To open it up a little bit. What is your guys' thoughts just on camping in general? Ted, you kind of graduated to the hotel part of the the camping trip, so yeah. you can't even necessarily say that you're camping. glamping, if you will. Glamping. Yeah, I do like sitting around the campfire. I do like socializing. I do like drinking some beers there. I just like to sleep in a nice, comfortable. I, room. I love camping. Um, I'm actually planning uh for my one year anniversary, believe it or not, a uh, trip to like the UP, kind of camping around at some different spots up there. Mm-hmm. One thing that is happening this year for the very first time in my life, and I'm very nervous about it is I am sleeping in a tent by myself um, <laughs> at this campsite. And the only other time I've done that was maybe four, five, six years ago. And when I say that was the worst sleep I've ever had in my life, it was the worst sleep I've ever had in my life. To set the stage, basically this campground is, quote-unquote, and I don't know if this is just a scary story that the uncles and the <laughs> grandpas you know, passed down from generation to generation about how this campground basically has devil worshipers running around it <laughs> um but i do know this i'm terrified to be sleeping in a tent by myself there's something about being out in the woods like a raccoon if i see a raccoon raccoons terrify me and here's the thing about this place the raccoons are there every year it doesn't matter what you do to, to try to put away the snacks and oh yeah, the, yeah and the there. food they find a way to get to it every single year yeah i mean i, I feel like that's part of tent camping dealing with like the elements like you hear every noise out there every little stick that cracks you know, you hear all that, the wind, you know, anything that's going on. If people are walking around, you know, that I guess you kind of get used to that. I, you seem like, Jared, you're a little, I, like your brothers used to torment you. Like you're a little scared of the dark a little bit. <laughs> and so, yeah, I can see like 
deep in the woods, if you're in a tent by yourself, yeah, it wouldn't be the most enjoyable sleep. But I did. I mean, we've camped up in the UP, maybe similar areas where you're talking about going, where they recommended like keeping pots and pans in your tent to like if a bear comes to scare bears away, and you know to keep a knife in your tent, not to like stab a bear, but so like if you need to quick slice your tent open and run, you can do stuff like that. So. Uh, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. But to answer your question on camping, we were talking before we started recording. I grew up camping, kind of like what I'm talking about a little bit. Tent camping in our my parents' backyard, but we would go all over Michigan and camp a lot. I grew up tent camping all the time. I still like it. I still think it's great. There's something cool about sleeping out in the wilderness in a nice tent, you know, good weather. I, I do still love it. I will say I started to transition into like i'm a little past it i would rather rent the cabin at the campground or my wife and i've even talked about like if we're gonna buy like a camper or a trailer or something like that when we start doing stuff so i still love tent camping but i am kind of moving more towards like i'd rather have like a cabin or something like that and that's what's crazy to me matt i on this topic i would have figured you would have been you know tenting through and through because you are like the outdoorsy guy, the on the lake every chance you get, on the beach every chance you get. So it's a little bit hypocritical for me to hear you <laughs> basically going back on everything you stand for. I mean, am I wrong? That's that's your whole thing. No, I, no, I've, I understand because, like, now that I think about it, it does make me like, man, I, I thought I would be the, the tent camper for my whole life. Because I honestly, like, maybe, like, as, as giddy as you are right now, when we would go camping, it was the best thing ever. Like in the summer when, when I was a kid, I would like beg my parents to just like throw the tent up in their backyard so I could just like camp out in the backyard for a few nights. I would even, we had little pop-up tents. I would put them up in the living room sometimes and like camp out in the living room and stuff like that. So no, I, I still like, I do still love it, but it's the whole, it's the process of it. Maybe it's just cause I had to do it as a kid so much, putting the tent up, taking it down like thinking about that and now like with little kids running around and you know whatever else i almost want like nothing to do with putting the tent up making sure you know they never go back in the bag right no you take it down and you roll it up you think you've got it nice and tight and everything and then it doesn't go back in right all that stuff just you know give me a key to a cabin i'm good to go yeah and you know going full disclosure here to be honest with you i'm not personally against camping now you're prefacing it by calling it tent camping i'm going to throw my wife under the bus just for a moment she really doesn't like the camp deal because first of all she's a person that gets up every morning and really enjoys her bath time and when you're camping and you're you're going in those bathrooms and you got to be on your on your flip-flops so you're yeah. not getting all the grunge, you know. That just doesn't doesn't fit her mode, you know. I could deal with it. And in fact, Jared, I don't know if you remember, it was probably maybe 10 years ago cuz I think Lana's been coming with me pretty much every single year, but one year she couldn't make it and I did camp, but my camping was I had a couple mats thrown down in the back of the SUV. I didn't throw up a tent, but I slept in the SUV, and uh, I'm fine with that. And I'm fine with dealing with the showers and the bathrooms. That's that's okay. So I, I think a little bit of it is because of the wife. 
There was, that's what I used to, because, like I said, raccoons terrify me. Right. Um, last year, I remember we were all sitting around the fire. All of a sudden, I heard a snig or a twig snap, and I turned around, there's a family of raccoons, like maybe three feet from me. And so I slept in the car that night. And <laughs> this is when I was like probably 13 or 14 years old. And I didn't, you know, you know when you somehow, some way I unlocked it from the inside and my dad like locked me in for some reason. <laughs> and so at like 3am in this campground with about hundred other campers, I opened up the door cause I had to pee and the alarm went off for a solid five minutes and it woke up the entire camp. So I, we'll see. There's going to be some fireworks for sure. Uh, sleeping, but yeah. regardless, like I said, at the very start, you're the Scrooge of this trip oh, every year. I'll take it. So if, if you're going to make fun of me for being excited to go on a vacation, then I think you just need to be in the right mindset. I mean, you're just not there yet. Like I said, I'm leaving tomorrow. You're not leaving till Friday. Right. I think you will get there, but just it's a weird thing to basically shit on somebody for, oh, look at you. You're excited. You're just like, kid on Christmas, getting ready to go on this trip. <laughs> like, what do you want me to do? Act like it's the worst place in the world? I, I just I don't know what you want from I, me. I, I just don't understand why you're getting so defensive about it. <laughs> I, I mean, I would, be, I would be equally as excited, I think, especially – it's it's funny to hear Jared at the point where bringing the girlfriends to the trips because I, I definitely remember when all of that started happening when my siblings or all of our, my cousins started getting to that age where like girlfriends or boyfriends were starting to come on the trips. It does change the whole like dynamic of the trip. Yeah. Because now now everyone's being all like flirty and you know <laughs> like maybe you used to like tease people a little more but now you don't want to because yeah. you don't want to embarrass them. Or, you know, like, they're trying to be cool. Or now, yeah, you're going off on a Mackinac Island trip and stuff. So, like, it is it is kind of funny to, like, remember that when, when the boyfriends and girlfriends started coming around. Oh, definitely. And, and again, Jared, if you took it wrong, I... I was just teasing you a little bit about being excited for Christmas. I really, I, I'm glad you are excited That's why for I mean, it. Well, it's the way it's. You've said that same phrase like three or four times since I've. Gotten is it my in here. sarcastic? Tone? It's a sarcastic. Is that what it is? Yeah. So I like the fact that you're get you're like almost you can't believe that I'm taking it that way. That's how you intended it to be. Well, will you it. will you accept my apology then? Because I didn't mean it that way. I've just I meant it like like let me say it differently. Oh man, Jared, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be like Christmas for you, isn't it? Is that better? But like I said, you're kind of talking is it better? with the way you're saying that. It's like I'm five years old. Well, yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm 22 years old. Christmas isn't what it. Christmas isn't what it was when I was 12 years old. Oh, okay. I'm freaking, I'm an adult now. Well, so can, it's just. Can can we bring this like full circle though? Okay, uh, for our listeners maybe that aren't in Michigan, we, really realistically. It is very cool to go up north of Michigan, yeah. go to a campground, sit around the campfire, have our family time. There's going to be little kids. There's going to be girlfriends. I mean, it's just, it is a great event. So I'm not really Scrooge. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, my fun, two days of it, is enough for me. Now, maybe it's not enough for you. <laughs> Yeah, I yeah. I mean, we we spent too much time on this family reunion. Yeah. Uh, a little bit inside baseball, but and, and maybe a little bit of it too is, I love my grandkids dearly, but we just had one three year old at our house for eight straight days. Now let me tell you, love her dearly, like I said, but it is nonstop, nonstop from the moment they get up to the moment they go to sleep. So it's here's funny, it's funny you say that. I was actually just talking to my wife about that. How like impressive it is when we wake up Claire and, you know, your grandkids or anything, like almost immediately they're like a hundred percent ready to go. Absolutely. You know, like, you, know you, you forget what that's like. You know, now I wake up, you got to like, <laughs> coffee, 
Yeah, you gotta go get your coffee. Yeah, whatever it is. But like, man, they wake up and they're like ready to run a marathon or something. Here, so, no, what? it's fun though being up north of Michigan, yeah. and I know it's on on Black Lake up there, which is a really cool lake. And you guys, do you sometimes golf, or is that not? Oh, really we a golf. Thing you do? We golf every year. Uh, I mean, I golf every year. The, the people that are golfers pretty much golf every year. I'll just to tie it off on this. Um, what is the deal with like the grandpa grandma relationship? Why is it like? As soon as you have a grandson, it basically becomes like you're a parent again. Like that should—that's not how that dynamic should work. It should be as much as you want to put it. Like maybe I'm just reading it wrong, but you it are, yeah, be. you're reading it completely wrong. It's not like you're a parent, I, and it's hard to put into words, Jared. It's because you don't have that parental responsibility. You could, and not only that, you got a second chance to watch this young child kind of grow up in front of your eyes and you know the first time around i don't care what kind of parent you are you you, you know things fly by you make mistakes but when you're a grandparent there's not much you can do wrong i mean yeah. it's just, it's it's hard to put in words like i said but it's just it's just a great experience and they do usually go home at night and and you got the whole like you know the parents are worried about feeding the kids properly and teaching them good manners and you know all that other stuff or whatever but the grandparents you're the grandparents give them as many s'mores as you want give them as many time you want if they're begging for a toy go ahead and buy them a toy you know that's not that's not on you it's (laughs) on the parents to fix all that stuff where do we uh stand on s'mores i'll be the first one to admit i think they're overrated but the proper substitution that you need to make is the reese's instead of the hershey's Go ahead, Matt. Oh, man, I, you know, with the, yeah, I mean, honestly, over the three or whatever years we've been doing this, there's been some some pods that I'm like, I just shake my head at you, but you know, I'm like, you, you know, you're figuring things out. <laughs> then you know, the other week you <laughs> told me CP3 inspired you, and you know, I just I'm still scratching that really my head over that. That really shortened you. Now you're saying s'mores are overrated. I, I mean, what what are you doing here? I like honestly, s'mores are the one thing I've definitely I've cut back on like overall like you know eating too many sweets and unhealthy stuff s'mores are something that i don't think i would ever cut out when i'm going on a camping trip or something that like over the fourth of july when we were up at the lake that i know i talked about on the podcast i had one or two s'mores every night at the campfire i just that it is something that maybe it's something like nostalgic i don't know like being at the campfire or something but S'mores overrated? Wow. Here's why it's it's I think it's overrated. It's because why is it like every time you go camping, it's like oh who's bringing the s'more stuff? Like I, I have I've never been in a campsite and been like disappointed that we didn't have s'mores. It's it's they're an okay dessert. Like I said, you can make them a little bit better by putting the Reese's uh, cup on it. But I just think it's a little bit. It shouldn't be, like, one of the main things that people always throw out when you're like, oh, I'm going camping. Like, oh, wow, like, have a s'mores for me. Like, it's just, I don't understand that obsession with them. Yeah, and I have to th- I have to disqualify myself, disqualify myself from even commenting because I think I've said it on this pod before. I cannot stand marshmallows, and I think I think it's like <laughs> – There we go. I think it's like biting into a chalkboard. That's what it feels like to me. I mean, you could always you could always opt for the just graham crackers and chocolate or something. Oh, now if that if I could do that, or if I could put some kind of cream filling instead of marshmallow, I'd be all for it. So maybe yeah. maybe, maybe I'll come up with a new recipe for myself. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, I do think it's definitely an, like I said, a nostalgic thing. You know, you grew up as a kid having them, so as, as long as you like them, um, you know. So I, I think I do think about that, and then you know, like my daughter loves roasting marshmallows, so it's fun to watch her do that or whatever. But I'm not saying it's like 
the best dessert in the world. Like, if you go to a five-star restaurant, they should be serving s'mores. <laughs> it's not like that, but, like, I don't know, man. Something about sitting around a campfire and, and having a s'more, there's something about it. But That's you, the thing. Yes, I do agree, Jared. You can spruce it up with a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup or even at, like, Sometimes people put like the fudge stripe cookies on Ooh, instead of like, that's the graham idea. crackers. That's a um, damn good or, you know, idea. Stuff right like that. So you can spruce them up a little bit. Here, well, Matt, you proved my point right for me. If s'mores were so damn good, why am I not eating them in the wintertime? Just like Thanksgiving Day. Why am I not eating turkey all the time? It's because it sucks. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to say it. I mean, there's, there's probably people, I don't know, there's probably people who make s'mores in the winter. I know, like, sometimes we would. You'd roast the marshmallow over the oven. Or the stove or whatever, you know, yeah. and do it that way. But I don't know. Just something I mean, to think about. If you want to have a s'more, go ahead and make one. All right. Well, listen. But I'm going to – well, I'm going camping, too. You, you guys are talking about your camping trip. I'm going camping, too, yeah. yep. um, for the next couple weeks. I'm going to – I think I'm going to document how many s'mores I eat, and I'm going to report back to you guys. And I'm probably going to eat more now because you're taking a shot at them. <laughs> like, I, like I said, do they taste good? Yes, but – like I said, the fact that you're already basically having this like circled on the agenda for the camping trip, like I just don't think they're that good of a of a treat. That's just me. Like hot dogs, like they like hot dogs and chips. Those are synonymous with camping. You don't think s'mores are synonymous I mean, they with are, camping? They are, but I just it's I we eat hot dogs and chips all time of the year. True. S'mores, we don't. That's it's true. It's just it's just one of those things that I think we are a little bit overboard with it because you like make it yourself. We think it's like the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> I think it's a it's a campfire thing too. I yes. mean, like you something know, to if, do. If you, I, I mean, being honest, like down here we've had cam- or we've had campfires like in the winter, and because it's not like zero degrees outside or whatever, and the kids have some mores. So I think people do have them year round, but you know, it's to each their own, I guess. Well, there you go. Well, one thing we all agree on that it is fun to sit around a campfire. Nothing like that smell. Nothing like uh, you know the 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 light from the campfire while you're all uh, sharing stories. It, it, it's a good time, and we're all looking forward to our camping vacations, if you will. But we will talk a little sports here on this podcast. we got to get into some Olympic talk, including the basketball team, and uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, a big story coming out of Japan today. We'll get into that right after this. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Success Group Mortgage and Servicing is Shiawassee County's only licensed mortgage broker, lender, and servicer. That means you get exclusive products not found anywhere else. If you are looking to purchase a home or refinance a home in Florida, Hawaii, or Michigan, stop what you're doing and give Success Group Mortgage and Servicing a call. 989-720-4380. That's 989-720-4380. All right, guys, I know, Jared, uh, you have some definite thoughts on the men's basketball team. Why don't you start us off I mean, if you're American, how do you not have strong feelings on this team? Here's here's where we're at with this team, and this is why this is the most frustrating part about it, is if you remember, before the Dream Team, 
it was just college kids. Yep. And, you know, we maybe would win the gold every year, but we always had the excuse like, oh, you know, our best players aren't even playing. Like, if our best players are playing, we would kick everybody's ass. Now, and then, but then we had the dream team come, and it's kind of like it just kind of goes in cycles. Then we had the redeem team, which was all the best players. With the 2012 team, all the best players. 2016, a lot like this year, it's like maybe three of the top, like, ten American players and then, you know, some other, like, decent players in the mix. And why that sucks is because it's kind of like the worst of both worlds where we're one foot in, one foot out. We don't have that built-in excuse like we did uh, before the Dream Team, which is like, oh, well, we don't even have our best players. Like, it doesn't matter. No, Like, no wonder we're losing. Now we are sort of at the bad spot where flat-out guys just, like, don't want to play. No Anthony Davis, no Kawhi, no Paul George, no Steph, no LeBron, no CP3, no James Harden, no Donovan Mitchell. What are these like? My question to you guys: What are these guys doing that they just flat out do not want to play? Like, if you're somebody who has never won a gold medal, how do you not like? Just how does it not get your rocks off? The fact that you can go win win a gold medal, pretty much all but guarantee winning a gold medal if every one of you play. Like, I get it. Like LeBron, I get it with CP3. He's just coming off of an inspiring playoff run where you know he made it longer than anyone else. But some of these guys, why are they not playing? And I'll be honest, I think the number one reason Popovich. is Popovich. And we'll get into that in a second. But I'll just this is just what I think we need to do. We need to go back to what it was before. You know, maybe put an age limit on it, like twenty five and under. Tell me you wouldn't rather watch this team out there right now. The Ball Brothers, Zion, Trey Young, uh, some of these draft picks, Mobley, Kyde Cunningham. You know, like let's put a team together of these guys who one hundred percent want to be there, who are gonna play their balls off, and who you just wanna root for. Like there's no one on this team you wanna root for. And I guess that's problem number one, two, and three with me. I mean, I think the the age limit thing is kind of interesting. Uh, that I don't know. I could see maybe something like that. But if we, if they did the age limit, most of the guys on the dream team, most of the the guys on the '08 and 2012 teams would be past that age limit. So because most of those guys were well, here's their late twenties or even in their thirties. So that, that that would be something. But you know, I think something too. Like obviously, some guys are come have injuries. You know, so they don't want to continue you know they don't want to play through an injury in the olympics but i think too like sometimes they you're playing basketball already basically year-round like i think lebron obviously he had the space jam thing so he had to do all the like press tour and everything for a space jam but like he probably wanted uh anthony davis probably a good example wanted an off season like you know they went from the bubble basically straight to this season and then you know they both were banged up all throughout this past season and then you're supposed to go to training camp for the Olympics and then compete for the Olympics. And it's not just like going out there and playing pickup. I mean, you're, I mean, it's like you're playing playoff basketball every time. Yeah. And there's probably a side that's like, you know, I want to play for my country, but man, I need an off season. Like I need to take a break and get away from basketball for a little bit. And I think that's a big thing, but you know, I don't think people think about sometimes. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a hundred percent valid point. And the, you, the, age limit thing that's an idea but it'll never fly and now that well it used to fly so why well, it used to fly with amateurs but it, why why not just go back to college players i don't hate that because here's we are at the worst of the worst like i said the very tar- it's like where half of the guys want to play half of them don't but don't you and think so it's matt's like point, a joke of a team don't you think matt's point though with we had the covid year in the bubble then we just finish up the nba finals i mean these guys and it's been proven that Injuries are a factor when yeah. they're playing so much basketball. I say we throw this Olympics out as far as putting it in the in the equation. Personally, now I do agree. 
I certainly am not as interested. Yes, it's USA and I want America to win and all that. But, man, if we're not sending our best, what's the point? Right? I can understand a guy like LeBron and CP3. Sure, there's a valid reason why they're not there. But why aren't the rest? Yeah, like I I think, you know, well, Kyrie Irving, I guess he got hurt. So he has, but like, yeah, Paul George. Why isn't he there? James Harden, you know, your boy, Jared. Yeah. Why, Why isn't James Harden there? Um, you know, like I, I would never like take a shot at someone for not being there. I'm sure they have their reasons, but it is kind of a little bit of head scratcher when, you know, you see these guys going out there like Devin Booker two days basically after he loses in the NBA Finals. Right. He's over there in Tokyo yeah, it, trying to play, and it's like he probably shouldn't have been out on the floor. Probably like super jet lagged and can't even doesn't even know what time it is or whatever. But I think a big thing too, and I, I've said this on Twitter and uh, went back and forth with some people that like are just saying, like, there's taking shots at this team, basically. Like, how are they losing? There's no way. You know, and a lot of people have said this. It's not that it's just me. But there is the side that, like, the rest of the world has caught up. Absolutely. A lot of – yeah, there's a lot of really good players in all around the world. If you look at the last three MVPs in the NBA, they're foreign players. And, like, like, I was trying to think, like, who are the like thinking of who the best centers? And I know centers, it's it's different now in the NBA. But like trying to off the top of my head, like who are the best big men in the NBA? And like if you look it up, it's all foreign players or people from you know different countries. So like the rest of the world has caught up. So it's not yes. When you look at the roster for the U.S., you just look at the names. Even this roster, it's like okay, they should be beating everyone. You know, when you just like look at the names on paper. But these other teams are really good, and also you know a few other things. The, the rules of Olympic basketball and FIBA basketball are a little bit different, and I think that's maybe like an indictment on the NBA. Like the NBA referees basically give yeah. these guys every foul they want, <laughs> and they just don't do that in FIBA basketball and Olympic ball. You can't flop. You don't get all these like shooting fouls and stuff. So I think they have to adjust to that. And then like my last foot, I think a big thing too is a lot of these other teams in other countries, they're used to playing together. They you know yeah they might. You know, like Luca gets added into the Slovenian team, or you know, some other players on France, you know, Gobert and some of these other guys. But the rest of the team, they basically play together year round. And the U.S. team got thrown together what, like three weeks ago, and they're trying to figure out how to play. So I think all that stuff, like added together, like it's not just a given anymore for the U.S. to win gold. Yeah, it. It just I go back to we have the ten of probably the best. 15 guys that are in this entire tournament are all on one team. And I understand, like you said, they haven't played together. The rules, a lot of the big rule changes, oh, you can slap the ball off the rim. The three-point line, three line's in a little bit tighter. They they don't call as many fouls. I don't care if we have a beach ball as the <laughs> ball. I mean, we have Kevin Durant. We have Dame Lillard. We have these guys. How like how are they – they are the best basketball players in the world. They're so smart. How are they unable to – like they're just playing uninspired. How are you unable to kind of put the pieces together to be a team? So here's the funniest stat I saw. Slovenia, very first year in the Olympics, very first game, they have a win. <laughs> United States has one win in these last four games. Slovenia just started playing basketball maybe 10 years ago. Yeah, they have Luka Doncic. But it's not like Luka Doncic is the best player in the NBA. He wouldn't even be the best player on the Team USA. He's one of the best players in the NBA. I mean, he's I mean, got to be one of the top five. I was going to say, that, that, that's arguable for sure. I, I mean, mean, Kevin Durant. I'll take Kevin Durant over him. Yeah, I, yeah. That, I think you could make an argument. Durant, you could even throw LeBron up there. But, I mean, Luka did drop 48 points in 
Slovenia's last game. So I, I, I hope they I hope they play U.S. I'd be really curious to see That'd that. That'd be game. fun. Here, I, I think it's just a different style of ball too. Like not just the referees, the pace is different. And like I, I saw someone point out that like I mean we've watched the NBA, and even though we love the NBA, like we know these dudes complain a lot, or they you know they're turning around yelling at the ref a lot. And like I saw someone put together like four or five plays from that U.S. game um, against France, and they showed where like. Uh, they missed someone missed a shot or you know like the ball got slapped away and like the u.s team was like turning and looking at the ref kind of starting to like bitch a little bit and the other team you know france because they're used to this style of play they're picking up the ball they're running the other end of the floor so like i i get what you're saying jared you need to just adjust and at some point you just play basketball but it is kind of like they're, they're like not used to this style of basketball so i i don't know if they put it together what we're recording on tuesday they play tomorrow on wednesday so we'll see what they do if they get beat by iran we are in real trouble now yeah let's go back to what you started to bring up a little bit about the coaching and popovich is it is it because it's not conducive to to the squad he has together because obviously he's a successful nba coach can we talk about popovich here sure one one thing i'll throw out there that just kind of is what encapsulates this team uh, and why I think that it before, and then I'll bring it back to Popovich. But real quick, Drew Holiday, fresh off the NBA Finals, fresh off of doing this, he comes, he comes and joins this team after a victory parade, after a <laughs> like two day, like a day flight. He leads the team in minutes and points. Like, what else do you need to know about the the characters that are are surrounding this team? How does that happen? That's pretty bizarre. <laughs> like, what else do you need to know about the fact that they just need somebody to get in there and kick and like kick this team into gear? He comes off Drew Holiday, nowhere near the best player on this team, just waltzes onto the court and is the best player. Like, what else do you need to know about the guys that are – there's think, no LeBron, there's no CP3. Yeah. You can tell it on this team. No, I, I think that I think that is a big thing with this team. There's not that true – even, yeah, even a CP3, that true, like, leader. Obviously, the 92 Dream Team had a bunch, but even those redeemed teams, you know, Kobe, LeBron, people, people take shots at Carmelo Anthony, but he was incredible – in Olympic basketball, yeah. you had CP3, Jason Kidd was even so you had these guys that were like leaders would go out there and like win these games, and yeah, this team, yeah, like you said, Drew Holiday, I mean Dame Lillard's out there and he looks like he can't figure it out. Durant was in foul trouble, so he couldn't really get it going. But like, yeah, I don't know. Even like, if say things are like going well, who do you look to? You hope it's Lillard or Durant, but and yeah, like Popovich, I don't know, like. Obviously, he's a legend. He's one of the best coaches ever in like NBA history. But like, he hasn't had a good track record in Olympic ball. No. And like, he he brought on Javale McGee and that kid Johnson from the Spurs. And I know these dudes can play a little bit, but like, I don't know. When you got a guy like Trey Young, for for example, who's like asking to play. Trey Young is like, I want to play, and. Pop didn't pick him. It's kind of like, it's man, like, Trey Young would sure probably be nice on the yeah, team right now. That's unbelievable to me that you don't <laughs> that, that you don't have here, Trey Young we, on your team. Popovich, right. like you mentioned his record. So 2019, this is when he took over. First, first off, did did Coach K ever ever lose a game when he was the head coach in I, those those I, did the two I don't Olympics think so. that he coached? Don't think so. Oh, in any of these tournaments, never ever lost. Um, Popovich, very first year, pre-FIBA expeditions, three and one. 2019 FIBA World Cup, where they finished seventh, if you remember, Yikes. six and two. Yikes. 2021 pre-Olympic expeditions, two and two. 2021 Olympics, zero oh and one. Not a Hall and, of Fame resume for Olympic Popovich. basketball. <laughs> Is Popovich actually that good of a coach, or did he happen to just draft Tim Duncan, who, by all <laughs> accounts, 
the ultimate culture guy. Basically, what we're looking at with Giannis was Tim Duncan, yep. except Tim Duncan was a stud from the time he walked into the NBA. Very, very true. Ultimate culture guy, ultimate like team player, going to let you coach him. Like, Are we sure that Popovich was this superstar coach, or is it more of the fact that he just had Tim Duncan for the last 20 years? Legit question. I think – I mean, I, yeah, it's a great question. I definitely think he he, he is a, a legendary coach. I definitely think he was perfect for that time era that the Spurs were really good because he had Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Manny Ginobili, and that you know we remember like the '04 Pistons, where it was all about you know slow pace of play and stuff like that. Yep. And it's Popovich's style isn't really today's NBA. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it, and he's maybe a little past his prime or something too. But I don't know. I don't want to necessarily say that, but. Right, like I don't know, it, his coaching style is not working in FIBA or like Olympic style basketball because they they shouldn't be losing some of these games that that you were just listing off. Is there any hope though that they can bounce back and and contend for the gold, win the gold? I mean, there's yeah, there's there's hope because they got Kevin Durant and Dame Lillard, <laughs> so like right, yeah, you know, you hope you hope that Durant's not in foul trouble and he just goes off, but oof, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Here. And just to bring it back to, to Popovich, I mean, the whole shtick about, you know, you, reporters asking him questions and him being a jerk, doesn't. It's not, as, it's not as funny when you're losing every game. No, it is. And it's not that – and here's what is the most annoying part about that is, like, they'll lose these games and you just like, – like we've talked about, you look at this roster, like, how are you losing these games? And he'll act like it's the dumbest question he's ever heard. Like, no, that's not a dumb question. I feel like I could be out there coaching, and we'd have this. I mean, what worse results could we possibly have if I was the coach? He, and and you wonder why all these guys aren't playing LeBron, CP3. Do you think that they're playing? They're not going to play if Coach K is still the coach. Like, I think 100. percent We need we need somebody like I don't know Roy Williams, Coach K. Like, they wanted to play for him. And no one wants to play yeah. Popovich. You hear these rumblings like, why are we running the Spurs offense? They're bringing on this Sheldon Johnson guy who I didn't even know who he was until they brought him on the roster. I never heard of him. Over a guy like Trey Young. It's like, wh- it's a mind this guy, he's got a little bit too much control. And I'll be honest, like if we end up losing this, I think his head's on the chopping block. Get him out. Well, he, he did already say this was the last time he was going to coach in the Olympics. So um, I, people have already thrown out names. A name that has been thrown out. Juwan Howard. I thought about that. Wow, how yeah. sweet would I that mean, be? That, that might, you know, just people throwing out names. But you're, you're, Jared, you were listing off college coaches, and maybe it's more of a, a college coach thing for the yeah. Olympic ball. That'd be insane if Juwan was coaching. That's that's legit though, man. I mean that that's an entire possibility. Why not? The guy has the NBA resume. He's already proven that he's a big time college coach. He played the game. That's. That's that's first I've heard of it, but that's awesome. Yeah, no, I have thought because, yeah, it, he kind of does seem to be, like, the perfect guy for it. But, I mean, what about just, like, Jay Wright? I mean, Jay Wright's an assistant coach yeah. right now. Yeah. Let's, like, let's just make him the head coach. Right. I mean, I, I just don't – I think Popovich was kind of, like, the obvious choice, but I think we're all kind of realizing that it was just flat out the wrong choice. He was kind of the obvious choice just because of his coaching resume, right, and a way yeah. to wind down his career probably, yeah. right? Put, but it's not working out so well. <laughs> uh, one question I do have in, in regards to the rules, uh, and this is something I tweeted out maybe two, three weeks ago when it was a big storyline, the, the FIBA rules. How, how does a sport that we created in the United States that really was played only in the United States until, what, 50 years ago, popularized in America, the NBA, how, with all that being said, how do we follow rules from Europe? <laughs> like, how do, like, is, am I the only one that's like, how does this make any sense whatsoever? No, that's, that's very legit. I mean, 
Yeah, I, I think it's the Olympics. They, I don't, I don't know the correct terminology or whatever, but they adopt international uh, basketball. Yeah, the, right, international basketball. So I think that's really it, because the rest of the world plays with these rules. It's just you know America and the NBA plays with our rules, I guess. So I guess they're looking at it that way. But I, I do get what you're saying. But can you imagine, like if, like people have said, if you if you put took France, who U.S. just lost to, and put them in a traditional NBA game. I mean, you would think that the U.S. team would run away with it because they'd be they'd be living at the free throw line the whole time. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah. no, I'll, I'll be honest. I, I do like the FIBA rules. Yeah, I don't I don't hate that these guys are kind of falling on their face when they go and play because it 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 is kind of like a better version of basketball, and I think that's why a lot of us love watching it every every time it's around in the Olympics. Do you like the FIBA ball? It's awesome. I like I it, love too. The it, it's, it, it's pretty cool. I love the, the slapping it off the rim rule. That, yeah. Like, let's bring that to the NBA. That's cool. Oh, man. Oh, that the, the slapping off the rim definitely should be a rule. I mean, if you can get up and there's a ball sitting on the rim and you can take it off, why why shouldn't you be able to do that? I just always think the, the like pace of the game, you almost forget, you know, because it's not like I watch FIBA basketball all the time, but, like, you almost forget after watching NBA games where it's like, even though I love it, it's like, oh, my God, there's, like, no momentum sometimes. There's so many fouls and everything. Yeah. You watch these games, and it's basically up and down the floor, and it goes pretty quick. Yeah. So, yeah, I like it. All right, anything else we want to get into the Olympics? I know we want to talk a little uh, television coverage when we have our little entertainment tonight segment, but uh, any other topics other than what we just talked about you want to really get on the table? I mean, uh, obviously the, the big story today was Simone Biles. Uh, just a comment on that. I mean, the pressure, who couldn't see that coming? I mean, frankly, a lot of it was, I think, generated by the media. I mean, when they were just constantly, every promo, oh, the goat, the goat, the goat, and she was wearing on her unitard a little emblem of a goat. goat. I mean, that's a hell of a lot of pressure to have to live up to. Yeah, a hell of a lot of of pressure. And she even said, I I saw an interview that got brought back, but like it was like six or seven months ago, that she even said like she was starting to feel like she was like getting past her prime. So like you, you almost wonder like, if she was already, you know, in the back of her mind, already thinking like she's a little past her prime, I guess, if she, if that's what she said. And the pressure, and I, I saw some, obviously there's idiots everywhere who are taking shots at Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, I saw some people say, like, you never saw uh, athletes back in the 40s and 50s or 60s, like, <laughs> complaining about the pressure and oh, like my. that. And, I, yeah, exactly. That's basically my reaction. And I just think, like, kind of like the counterpoint to that, or one of them is it wasn't like social media – and, you know, just the media in general is, like, something that I don't think any, quote-unquote, normal people could even fathom. I mean, basically what you were just talking about, every commercial, every promo, everything about gymnastics, everything about U.S. Olympics was Simone Biles. And, like, when you watch the, the gymnastics, cameras just, like, in her face all the time and interviews. And, like, that's just something I don't think anyone, unless you actually go through it, can even, like, understand what that would be like. Yeah, it, it is it is crazy. I mean, to play like devil's advocate, it, it, like I just imagine like if I was on like if if it was the team and she just like decided she wasn't going to compete in the team event, like I I am like surprised that you know everyone is basically in support of her, which I you can you do understand like it just it, not that she didn't quit on them, 
but it is like you know like it could have been done a week ago and and it is a mental health thing and i'm not faulting her for that i mean she clearly is the best so she's clearly a lot mentally stronger than i am so if i'm in this situation i probably would have quit you know years ago but it just i don't know i just well, some, you, some you, about it you bring up a point and i, and I do want to say it was definitely i think this was a mental thing for sure matt you said something about there was a comment about maybe she's a little past her prime i mean it was just a couple of months ago that she did this quadruple flip off the horse thing and she and and in the floor exercises she still has it i think this is completely just mental you know a mental breakdown the pressure is just it just was too intense but the question i got for both you guys which i'm trying to figure out she did walk away from the team competition. Now, is she going to still compete in the uh, individuals, or is I, she done? I don't think it's been – I mean, she still could. I, I don't think Have it's been – Have you heard anything? No, I think that she's kind of – she hasn't really made a decision on that oh, yet. Okay. It is, it is weird, the, like, the pressure we put on these people. Oh. It's, and it is kind of crazy to think that no matter how good you get, no matter how many accolades you get – the pressure is always there, and the sad thing, I mean, we're seeing with Conor McGregor right now. Yeah. You, there's always the come down, and and that's it's just sad to think about, but no, we shouldn't take anything away from her. Absolutely She's not. won more gold medals than half of the people that have ever, you know, even competed competed in this thing, so I just, you can't really falter for just saying, you know, I'm done. I don't really need to, why do I even want to compete in this? If I'm not, if I'm not having fun, if I'm not enjoying it. I'm just not even going to do it. Well, it's sad for her. It's sad for everybody that, that follows the sport. And I was going to tell you guys, I mean, you know, out of the Olympics, obviously we all like the basketball, but uh, the gymnastics, especially the ladies, for whatever it is, it's must-see TV. I mean, it's it's one of those things that my wife and I can sit back and just enjoy watching them perform. And the, and the same thing with the guys. I mean, we watched the guys last night. These These people that perform in gymnastics, especially nowadays, they're it's they're crazy. just remarkable. It's unbelievable what kind of shape they're in and what they can do. Oh, it's it's insane the yeah the shape that they're in and the stuff they can do, and the the swimming swimming is another one yeah. that I, I could watch too. Yep. Um, anytime, especially like the short, you know, the like sprint races. That stuff is just so like you're almost like on the edge of your seat watching that. But maybe before we tie this off, I I, I asked um I, I was talking to my wife about it when we were watching the gymnastics, and I was like. I honestly think, like, you know, people always throw out, so I'll ask you guys, people always throw out, like, who are the best athletes? Is it, you know, NFL football players? Is it NBA players? I almost, like, I almost would think that gymnasts, like, top-level, obviously, Olympic-level gymnasts, might be, like, the best athletes, like, all around, that can just do all that stuff. I mean, do you kind of, do you think that, or do you not see It's hard to argue that, man. It really is. I mean, it it doesn't look real what they do I which know. is the craziest and and i've always like i've never really stood on like what i don't even know what you call it a board so like, like how much spring are they honestly getting from that thing because if it's all just like momentum and they're sprinting and that's how they're getting so high then it just blows my mind You're talking about the floor exercise yeah i know it's it's like it's incredible i just i would love to i i would love to just kind of go jump on one and see like if it if he is would even change my jumping well, ability at all there's that and there's the beam i mean if I tried one flip on a beam, my nuts would be crushed. I mean, I don't know how the hell they do that. <laughs> do you guys have like a favorite, a favorite like Olympic sport that you like watching? That maybe it's the only time you ever watch it is like during the Olympics. Hmm. I, I think mean, I mean, probably what we just said. Yeah. Gymnastics and Gymnast- so that's swimming. Just- I mean, I, I have to. I do have to watch that stuff sometimes at work, but no, I don't. I don't ever tune into gymnastics otherwise or, or swimming. I do beach volleyball is something. I love beach volleyball. 
I think that's really fun to watch. But um, it's amazing the that the field, even yeah, the track and field stuff. You know, especially when someone like Usain Bolt is yeah, running, yeah. that stuff is pretty cool. Yeah, I was going to say it's amazing in beach volleyball, though the outfits they make them wear. <laughs> Uh, it's that old thing. I mean, I know there's a lot of people like kind of fighting back. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember. I think I don't remember what team it was, but I think it was a, a gymnastics team that they're not wearing like kind of the typical. Yeah. The yeah. The little short right? short yeah. thing. Yeah. So it's like it is weird that I know that they do wear that. It's like I get that it's like on a beach and like it's supposed to be like reenacting like, oh, you just happen to stumble upon this beach volleyball game that's going on where everybody was wearing a swimsuit. No, it's just a, it's a sport. So like they should be wearing, you know, spandex or whatever. But. Hey, if they if they want if they wear it, then they wear it. Yeah, if they're they're comfortable wearing it. It's probably also like it, it's really hot. So yeah. like I don't know, playing beach volleyball, you know, rolling around in the sand. I don't know if I'd want like long shorts on or or you know like a spandex t-shirt on or something. But I don't know. It's fun to watch anyway. It sure is. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna finish strong. We got some uh, sports potpourri. We got a little entertainment tonight, and we'll get into that right after this. Hinkard Sportswear provides a good product at a great value. The area's go-to clothing and more printing store with many loyal customers, 100% guaranteed to satisfy your expectations. Hinkard Sportswear always has Karana, Owasso, and St. Paul School Spirit items in stock. Special items are available for family, sports, business, and charity events. Call 989-725-2979, stop into the store on Exchange Street in downtown Owasso, and follow them on Facebook at hankered.sportswear. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our area. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. Unique service representing unique lives, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. Founded in 1880 and continuing the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, find them at nelson-house.com or call 989-723-5234. Advanced Elevator Company have the very best trained professional field technicians and project management team for installations, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with world headquarters in the heart of Owasso, Michigan, the Jankas are longtime huge supporters of the Corona Public Schools and, might I add, just local legends in general. Advanced Elevator Company, area business leaders, and a longtime member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. I just have one more uh, sports topic for us, and this is also kind of breaking news today. Aaron Rodgers did report uh, to camp. Can I just be the, the first to say I hate that the Packers just rolled over and let this guy do that. Basically what he got was a year off his deal. We're seeing it all the time in the NBA. Why do these multi-billion dollar franchises, or they're basically like a billion dollar franchises, feel like one little player and especially it's, it's not even like it's LeBron James it's Aaron Rodgers he's won you one Super Bowl like why do you feel the need to bend over backwards for this guy just like make sure he's playing like if I'm the Packers guess what Aaron Rodgers I guess your career's over if you're not going to come play for us and you're you're not going to like it your career's over like why not just do that like like nobody should be above the entire organization I feel like it sets a bad precedent and especially you see it like James Harden this past year who just signed a max deal and was basically on contract for what three four more years like, just basically tell James Harden, like, oh, I guess your career, for the next four years, you're just going to have to go play overseas. Like, why don't more teams do that? So you don't think it was a, a reasonable compromise for the Packers, to, at least to take a year 
to get their act in order he, and still contend what, for Aaron a Super Rogers Bowl. Aaron Rodgers is what going he wants to, is something that not even Tom Brady had in New England, like yeah. basically being able to call like the draft decisions and and all the the personnel, the coaching hirings. Tom Brady doesn't even have that. Yeah. So why should you have that? Well, if I, if I was a Packers fan, I'd be definitely okay with him coming back Ooh, for a year. I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think I mean he was NFL MVP last year, and I mean he's he did win them a Super Bowl. So I, I think he is head and shoulders above Jordan Love, who would be starting for them if he wasn't. I, I get what you're saying, though. It does kind of maybe rub you the wrong way that they're under contract and he can just basically tell the organization what to do. But it's also like, I don't know, I think he, he has a point where, like, they, it, it seems like they haven't truly, like, supported him. Like, when you, you bring up Tom Brady, the Patriots would almost sign any receiver tight end that he wanted. The Buccaneers did the same thing, bringing in Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, because Tom Brady wanted them. And it hasn't seemed that way with Aaron Rodgers for some reason, because it's always seemed like the Packers were, like, above that. They were like, the Pat, we're the Green Bay Packers. We don't give in to our players like that. And I think Aaron Rodgers is saying, I'm winning all these MVPs, and then I get to the playoffs and I have, like, bums on my roster. Yeah, they got Devontae Adams, who's probably the yeah. best receiver in the league. But, like, otherwise they, like, never draft any receivers or tight ends or anything for him. So he probably had a point. But it's also, like, I don't know, like, people are saying, like, how can you, like, not report to camp yet and now you just stroll in? It's also, like, man, who cares? He's probably going to walk in and he's going to be perfectly fine. Oh, without he's, a probably, will. he's probably in good shape. He'll be all right. You, I mean, listen, the Packers' decisions, you're lying if they aren't suspect. <laughs> I, I don't know what the hell they've been doing since they've had Aaron Rodgers, but regardless, I, I if you're a Packers fan, how do you get excited for this year? This guy basically crapped on everything Green Bay, everything that you guys stand for. It's not even like it's like one owner. Like The fans own this team. And you're just welcoming this guy back in, like almost like he's like a mercenary, like a hired gun. Like I don't want him. Just screw him. Okay, so what? We don't win as many. We don't make it to the AFC Championship this year, or the NFC. Excuse me, the NFC Championship this year. Like basically, what he caps out at every single year. Like God forbid we don't do that again this year. Just get him out. Like, yeah. Bring in Jordan Love. But, but I, I, I don't think people hate on him as much that are Packers fans anyway because of the way he was treated. They didn't draft to help him out. You know, they. I mean. Frankly, I'm not sure what kind of communication they had with him when they lost out last year with a bad coaching move, number one. I'm sure it left a bad taste in his mouth, and uh, obviously he must have lost out on the Jeopardy job, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe that was maybe that was part of That's it. That's why he's back. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Packers fans would probably mostly be happy because they're looking around the rest of that division. Exactly. And you got, you got the Bears with a rookie quarterback. You got the Vikings doing whatever the hell they're doing. And you got the Lions with a coach who wants to bite people's kneecaps <laughs> off. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think the Packers, they're probably happy to have Aaron Rodgers back. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe I'm alone. It sounds like I am kind of alone. It, it's just, if that happened, to, if it, let's say Aaron Rodgers was a Detroit Lion and he pulled that same exact stunt, I would be hoping that he had a terrible year this year. Well, well, That's, and I don't care. I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Like, that's just how I would view it. Let me, let me argue back with you just for a second. I mean, you, you know, you got Aaron Rodgers and what he's dealing with with the Packers. Is that a whole lot different than the shots that LeBron has called throughout his career to get his way? LeBron has never I forced a trade. Well, he left. I, I, under, he wasn't under contract. Okay, well, that's that, oh, that's a, a minor technicality to no, me. No, it's really – But, uh, but he, was, still, he still dictated what he was going to do. That is 100% Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he dictated what players agent, he wanted on his team too, didn't he? 
that's not him requesting those players, trades. Players and coaches. Exactly. Like I said, but if you remember what I said at the very start, he's Aaron Rodgers is not LeBron James. Well, he's not going to one handed single handedly win you a title. If you if you compare an NFL player, a Super Bowl winning quarterback to LeBron James on a basketball team, why wouldn't why wouldn't that be a fair comparison? Because here, here's the whole LeBron is a coach, I, basically, too. I do think that is a big part of it, that you know NFL players have seen the amount of power that NBA players have. Like like you said, James Harden can be under contract and basically be like, hey, you know, I'm good, I want to go play for the Nets, and then it happens. NFL players, like, it hasn't really been that way for them. And I, I think they're probably seeing that. They're like, you know what, that's kind of nice to be able to have a little power. So Aaron Rodgers was probably trying to flex that a little bit. and It worked. You no. Know, and now he's probably going to win MVP again this year. <laughs> He'll have and some motivation. And now Super Bowl. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like I said, I'm kind of surprised that you are not on my side with this the, as the kind of the old uh, elder statesman. How do you? Like, well, you love this this the new this new generation that we're going this new route we're taking. I, I just don't see a real problem with this Aaron Rodgers thing per se. I really don't. I mean, he he could have just sat out the year. He could have retired. He has enough money, you know. He wants to play. He's coming back to the Packers for a year. Like I said, I think it's a reasonable compromise. It gives the team a year to figure out what they're going to do. I don't think Love is ready for quarterback. They weren't going to hand it over to Bortles, who they cut. But, I mean, I just think it makes total business sense. Yeah, that's just how I feel the way it is nowadays, you know. If I'm the, like I said, right at the beginning, if I'm a Green Bay Packer fan, I'm ecstatic that Aaron Rodgers is back for a year. I'm not so happy being a Lions fan. So that's wow. that. I, wow! I, I mean, all I can say is, is wow. I'm at a loss for words with you guys. All right. I, I mean, I, I I do understand it. I guess maybe maybe I'm just like I'm in the wrong mindset. I should be like on the player side, but I'm on the billion dollar franchises side, which maybe is the problem. <laughs> that might uh, maybe be. that is the problem. Yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of billion dollars, a sports topic I wanted to bring up that's been red hot in the news. Obviously, Texas and Oklahoma applied to the SEC. Uh, is the end of the NCAA ine- inevitable for college football? Is this going to be college football big time now run by, let's say, four conferences? What What are we thinking? It sure, I mean, it sure seems like that could be down the line for sure if, you know, if all this conference realignment actually goes through because otherwise it, it would almost be like what is the NCAA doing at this point? You know, conferences, like – Conferences individually handled COVID the way they wanted to. They handle their scheduling the way they want to. They handle their their uh, their rosters and you know like their scholarships the way they want to. Now they're handling conference realignment, dropping out of conferences, joining other ones the way they want to. So it is almost like what is the NCAA doing? Except every once in a while, like throwing out a random penalty or fine because yeah. a coach gets caught like cheating or something. Like that's almost like the only thing the NCAA does. So. It could be down the line, but I, I don't know. I, th- I definitely think it's cool to see some conference realignment. I'm curious to see what the Big Ten potentially does, though. Yeah. I, I think it, it started – NCAA opened up the floodgates with the the bobbling of COVID, where they didn't even – they didn't make a uniform decision. They left it up to the conferences. Basically, they said to the conferences, you're going to make this decision that we do not want to make. Uh, and I don't blame the SEC for basically saying, you know what, we're going to do a better job than you. We're going to go get Texas. We're going to go get Oklahoma. And I don't know how you don't look at this as the NCA basically being the SEC in 50 years. I, that's the route we're going down, and I don't hate it. It sucks for Michigan. If I'm Michigan, I'm finding any way to try to get into this conference because I think that is the way it's going. 
Uh, or if I'm the Big Ten, I'm going, I'm zagging. I'm going, we're become a basketball conference 100%. And I think that's kind of what they're doing by trying to get Kansas and Iowa State's a football school, obviously. But trying to get Kansas, I think that's a huge power move in basketball. Yeah. I th- well, I think, first of all, I just think the Big Ten is going to make a zag move. They're going to definitely add. Uh, I don't know who tweeted it. Somebody tweeted an interesting format with uh, – instead of power five a power four alignment with uh, four power conferences with 16 teams each and i thought it was really interesting concept in the teams they had and they did have uh, kansas and iowa state joining the big 10 first of all if if the big 10 was going to add two teams is that would that be your guys two teams i mean i I guess like the to me like those two would be the almost like Mm no-brainers add especially if like the big 12 was going to fall apart without uh, Texas and Oklahoma. I know people are obviously throwing out like having the Big Ten go after like Oregon or Washington or even like North Carolina and stuff. And to me, like I don't know why the, any of those schools would leave their current situation. Like why would UNC leave the ACC? I really don't know why yeah. they would do that. But it it would be cool because if if you do want to compete with the SEC, if if Oklahoma and Texas end up in the SEC, that's just like a juggernaut of a conference. So it's almost like. Yeah, like you said, Jared, for basketball, adding Kansas would be huge. And Iowa State is pretty good in football, and they're, they're decent in basketball too. But so, like, if you want to compete, though, with the SEC, you do almost have to go and try and get, I mean, like an Oregon or something like that. But I don't know how that would work out logistically with, like, scheduling and stuff. So, you know, I don't know. But I, I think it like, add Kansas and Iowa State, and that'd be a good start anyway. Yeah, I agree. I'm. It just It's time to make some, uh, some changes. I, I think – I'd say it. I think the the Maxion schools, the teams like this, I, they're gonna fall to the wayside, you know, sooner or later. Uh, they'll survive for now, but you think they'll? Uh, do you guys have a problem with these? Like, let's say Texas. Do you have a problem with Texas and Oklahoma making this like decision to do this? Because I 100 percent do not. Yeah, I I I don't really because you know we've seen so many changes. Again, I'm the old school guy. I still go back to when the Big Ten had 10 teams, you know, but change is <laughs> inevitable, good. and uh, I, I don't have an issue with it. I really don't have an issue with Kansas and uh, Iowa State. That that seems to make the most sense. I kind of was thinking, and I have thought for quite some time, I always thought West Virginia belonged in the Big Ten, no. and I'm looking more geographic, you know. Here, the te- I mean, nobody's fumbled the bag more than the Big Ten not breaking the bank to get Notre Dame. I, yeah, that is such right. a Big Ten school. Absolutely. It does not make any sense how they're in the ACC. And here's the thing, they love the ACC. They sure, they're, not why not? they're not leaving anytime soon. So it just no one's ever made a bigger mistake than the Big Ten did by not getting them in our conference. And do you think really- – I wonder, yeah, I wonder if that's more of the Big Ten, though, or if Notre Dame really wanted nothing to do with the Big Ten because they've always – obviously for football, they've always had their big NBC deal. Mm-hmm. So they for football, they really had no reason to join the Big Ten. And then obviously they joined the ACC for their other sports, but – yeah, I, I don't know. I'd be curious, like, really what it was. Is it more the Big Ten not shelling out enough money? Or did Notre Dame, were they, like, thumbing their nose up at the Big Ten, you know, saying, like, we're better than the Big Ten for football? You know, I don't know. Oh, I think right. that's it, it 100%. It, it does seem like Notre Dame belongs in the Big Ten. Well, yeah, again, if you, I, I look at things a little more geographically, but with there's so much money. No, I'm listening to it right now. Notre Dame's tried like three or four times. Uh, I'm looking at just the headline of this title. They tried 1926 Big Ten said, nope, you're not getting that. 1926, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Which was weird because Notre Dame has always been like the mecca of football. They were a powerhouse So how is it like, how do you just say, yeah, we're not going to let you in? Okay. 
blows my mind. No wonder the SEC has just overtaken the Big Ten. Yeah, with that mentality. And we already know about the Big Ten, the way their management has run things, especially last year. So who knows? But uh, it's still a fun conference. I, I don't I don't think that they uh, really add anything to the mix if they went for an Oregon. Yeah, they're a powerhouse football school, but it just makes no sense to me at all. Stick with what you got and and – if you're going to add a couple teams, keep it at least in the general geographic area and, and go from there, you know? Yeah. I think, I feel like uh, Cincinnati um, could be a solid add, you know, as far as your geographics, it kind of fits that Pittsburgh. They're a strong, they're a strong football school, decent basketball, Yeah, you know, so that, that could be a decent school to add, but yeah, I'm, I'm not sure like people, yeah, throwing out even like going after Florida state, trying to pull up, pull Florida state from the ACC. And it's just like, I don't know. I mean, maybe money talks, but I, I don't know why they would leave the ACC. Right. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this all unfolds. Obviously, it looks like uh, Oklahoma and Texas will be sliding into the SEC within a year or so, right? Is that what it looks like? Well, it depends. Their, their current contract is through 2025 with uh, the Big 12. Right. So they, they said they intend to fulfill that contract. Yeah, I saw so, that. I mean, we'll see how that goes. They they could obviously they won't be there this football season, obviously, but who knows? Maybe next year it all comes through. Well, a couple other quick hitters here. Moving along to another topic. I mean, we were on the Tigers bandwagon last week, and then after winning seven in a row, they lose four in a row. <laughs> I mean, we said it when we were recording that we were going to re- jinx them again. I know. Uh, it's no surprise that, that happened. I mean, still at fun the end to of the watch. day, I mean, at the end of the day, we knew this team has a lot of work to still to be done, but they gave us all we could ever ask for, and that that's a fun season that's worth kind of keeping an eye on. Absolutely, and also, you know, we're going to take a little break here for vacation, but when we come back, the Pistons are going to have a couple new players. Is it pretty much you think Cade Cunningham, or are they going to make a last minute deal maybe with Houston? I don't know. I mean, it it, it seems like the no no brainer is Cade Cunningham, but it seems like a lot of teams have been throwing trade offers out there and the Pistons have said they've worked out some other players so man who knows I just I I hope that they they take Cade Cunningham because like we said it feels like he's the right pick but I hope that like five years from now Jalen Suggs isn't like the next James Harden I know like that you know and so that, that I guess that's just part of the draft you just hope you pick the right guy but I don't know that's the name of the game yeah. All right, before we uh, finish up the show, let's get into a little tedertainment tonight. JJ's Excavating and Tree Services can help you with many homeowner items, including skid steer work, footings, and gravel work, along with property maintenance. JJ's Excavating and Tree Service also experts in tree removals, including stump grinding. Fully insured, no job too big or too small. Call Kyle Jones of JJ's at 989-277-9059 to set up a free estimate and tell him Three Point Podcast sent you. Kendall Drugs in Corona are there for you. They take special care of all patients because they could be your mother, father, sibling, aunt, uncle, niece, or nephew standing at the counter. Centrally located in the heart of Shiawassee County, right across from the courthouse. No insurance, no problem. Come on in and talk with Patrick Kendall, and he'll be happy to work with you and is very competitive on prices with no gouging. Now taking new patients and prescription transfers. Stop in Monday through Friday from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. at Kendall Drugs in Corona, or give them a call at 989-720-4295. All right, let's go back to the Olympics real quick here, guys. Um, 
the Olympics on TV. What are your thoughts on that? I know they're streaming a lot of it. Uh, it's just thoughts on watching the Olympics on television this year. Honestly, like I, I, we we talked about it a little bit, like it it was kind of it's been kind of confusing almost. Like you know, I know it's on like NBC, it's on NBC Sports. There's a, the Olympic Channel, uh, CNBC is showing stuff. So like you know, if you have that, it's kind of like the NCAA tournament, you know, with Turner. Yeah, TBS, TNT, True TV, you know. But then, like, a lot of the other stuff, like the, the men's basketball first game was on the app, was on the Peacock app. And, like, when, when the game was going on, when, when I knew it was coming on, I didn't know it was on the Peacock app because you couldn't, like, find that info anywhere. So I'm, like, scrambling around, like, okay, where's this game? Find out it's on the app. I go quick and sign up for the Peacock app so I can watch the game. And, you know, it's just – it seems like everyone – it's been across the board, like, finding out – like where the gymnastics is going to be and then where where the swimming is going to be and stuff like that. It just doesn't seem to be like a clear-cut schedule. Maybe it's me. I don't know. But I don't know. Are you guys kind of running into the same thing? Well, I'm definitely running into it. I'll just give you the, the boomer perspective, you know, from watching many Olympics in my lifetime. I mean, and NBC, I mean, they got to be feeling the pressure if they weren't making the money from the Peacock because they're, they're dedicating primetime programming for two weeks to events that if anybody is really interested, they're going to know how they ended up, right? Yeah. Because of the time difference. You know, I mean, one of the big pleasures I have watching television with my wife is, you know, we'll watch the Olympics when it's on in prime time. But pretty much I watch it just to kind of please her because I know all the all the events. I know what happened, you know, mm-hmm. just keeping up on social media a little bit. So that, that's my viewpoint. It is hard to, uh, to to get a grip on watching it. If people are working during the day, you know, maybe they're not able to hop With on the With all the advancements we've had in technology, that is maybe the one thing that's more annoying than anything else. Is You never know what anything's on anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to jump through three or four hoops to try to figure out. Like, even the NBA Finals, oh, is it on ESPN tonight or is it yeah. on TNT? Like, it, it's not just cut and dry anymore. And. I sound like old guy saying that, but I just wish it was what it once was, right. which is, you know, I'm going to turn it on at this time, and the game is going to be on this channel. I don't even need to think about it. There's yeah, some- you guys think I, – I saw someone else throw this out. This isn't my idea, but it, it, it's a great idea. Take credit for it. throw it out. What's that? I said take credit for it. I, I should take credit for it. So, yeah, this is this is the Matt Burns idea. <laughs> yep. Sell it to NBC for the next Olympics. <laughs> Basically, it, essentially, the NFL red zone – but for the Olympics, I don't know how they're not doing this. Oh, like, wow. Say, put it on CNBC or, you know, put it on NBC Sports, but it's strictly just like NFL Red Zone where, you know, because, like, I like tuning in for, like, handball for, like, five minutes. But I'm not necessarily going to sit there and watch a whole handball match. Or water polo is really cool, but, like, I'm not going to watch a whole match. But if you have, like, Scott Hansen sitting there, like, NFL Red Zone, and he's like, Hey, this water polo match coming down to the wire. Let's hop over there. Boom. Or this equestrian match. This is getting really crazy. Let's hop over to this equestrian. Like, that would be really cool. I don't know why they're not – Jared, you're talking about technological advances. Like, I don't know why they don't have something like that because I think a lot of viewers nowadays would really like to see that, just like a whip around, hop around to all these events where you can just watch one channel and you're seeing everything that's going on. I think that'd be outstanding. It is a great idea. Let's do it. I, the, I mean, the, the Matt Burns idea. In four years, we'll <laughs> unveil it. That's what I mean. That's what sucks about the Olympics. That it's every four years. Has but. any Has anybody seen the three on three Gus Macker basketball at the Olympics at all? I don't even think that. I don't think the, the USA started? qualified a team. Oh, 
Are you serious? Men's. I, 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 I read something about that. I probably should have dove it. As soon as I saw that headline, I probably should have read it. Right. Um. But, no, I'll look it up right now. But it's, it, it, it is something that I kind of have been wanting to watch. But, like I said, it's a freaking maze to try to find when these things are and exactly. where to watch it. I caught, I caught some of the women's, the U.S. women's. I think they did finally lose a game. But it's pretty cool. It's just. It's again one of those things like I don't know I don't know the names of the players so you know it, it's fun to watch three on three hoops but like again I, I'd love to see like Durant LeBron and Steph Curry in a three on three game yeah. that's what I want to see <laughs> that'd be awesome yeah no we did as far as I'm reading we do not have a men's team wow USA we need to send well, I mean, best. I'll tell you the team like I'm looking at the who the guys were that were on the team Robbie Hummel remember him from Purdue fame. oh yeah Dominique Jones uh, who Apparently went to Fort Hayes State University, Joey King University of Minnesota, uh, and Kareem Maddox Princeton <laughs> University. Like where? Why would you? Why would that be your team trying to qualify <laughs> I don't for the Olympics? Know where that comes from? Robbie Hummel That's isn't he? Didn't he retired and doing broadcasting for the Big Ten Network? I think. I blast yeah. I knew. Still, still can play a little three on three. Gus Macker though. Uh, apparently, well, we all can. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, a couple quick shows I want to recommend. Uh, I don't know if you've caught any of the flight attendant. I'm a little late to the game, as I think they're into season two, but with Kaylee Kuko of uh, uh, of television fame, very good show, very interesting twist if you get a chance, the flight attendant on HBO Max. Uh, also, I might have mentioned this before, uh, the morning show with Jennifer Aniston, Really, really good. It's on Apple TV. It's kind of a takeoff on uh, what happened to NBC's Matt Lauer. I'm a couple episodes in that one. It's very good. And uh, and also, you know, we talked about Aaron Rodgers, LeVar Burton hosting Jeopardy this week. Uh, he's from Roots and Reading Rainbow, of course, also Star Trek. But uh, the big story coming out of Jeopardy this week is a contestant actually had a record loss, negative $7,400. <laughs> <laughs> So, LeVar Burton off to a good start there. I think he'll probably do pretty good. Uh, Jared, do you even know who LeVar Burton is? No, I, I'm glad that you threw out the roots and uh, like Star Trek things. I, when you said that guy's name, I had no, had idea no clue, right? About. I still don't know who you're talking about. What, this Jeopardy thing, will they just pick somebody? I know. I know. I am, it is crazy. <laughs> I imagine you like just you're like Adam Schefter like getting ready for this update to drop. I'm not, and I'm just I'll just be glad when this isn't a storyline anymore on this pod. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. All right, belt fellas. Anything else before we wrap up? I know uh, Jared's got to hit the road, right? Hey, remember, Jared, stop swing by Meyer real quick and pick up some s'more stuff. That's right. Yeah, your uh, s'mores. Listen, I will enjoy a s'more this weekend. I'm not saying I won't, so I don't want to see you like snapping a picture of me eating it like you did at Thanksgiving three years ago at my plate. Um, but I didn't tweet it, did I? I don't know if you did or didn't. But, I can find it. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, call me crazy. I'm looking forward to a vacation. Call yeah. me crazy. No, we all deserve a vacation. We're going to take a little time off. We'll be back uh, down the road, uh, but we hope you uh, stick with us. And uh, we enjoy putting this out every week or so. So we want to thank our sponsors. We want to thank all our listeners, number one, along with our sponsors. Follow us 
at Three Point Pod on social media. Let our partners know you listen in. We'll try to keep you updated on some things we got going on in the next week or so. But I do want to thank our sponsors, as always, Advanced Elevator, the ALS Association of Michigan, Corona Connection, JJ's Excavating and Tree Service, Kendall Drugs in Corona, Tankard Sportswear, the Owasso Speedway, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, Success Group Mortgage and Servicing, and Z92.5 The Castle. And Jared, don't forget when you're up there in the tent alone, there were some Satan worshipers right around the neighborhood. So <laughs> yeah. just think about that. For Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel saying so long, everybody. We'll talk to you next time. Hey gang, please consider a donation to the ALS Association Michigan Chapter, serving people with ALS and their families since 1988. There still is no cure for Lou Gehrig's disease, and every 90 minutes, someone is diagnosed with ALS. For more details, go online at webmi.alsa.org. The CoronaConnection.com staff knows it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. All Corona, all the time. Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.